When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on The Horn. Back on the sports complex here on the horn. Sorry, I had thought I had to sneeze there. Had to take a break. <laughs> thought I had to sneeze. Uh, hour two on the sports complex. We'll get into some basketball talk and uh, Texas and how bad that game was. And so more negativity. I don't like the negativity on a Monday, but it has to exist when the Cowboys lose and the Longhorns lose and everyone's upset. Give you uh, some updates on some NBA scores as well as they're playing all day long. Talk a little NBA with you. Uh, more Texas football. We'll get into that. Clear that up. Give you a score here, a uh, score update here in a minute from the Steelers and Bills. But this one looks to be somewhat in hand. Let's say miraculous second half. And of course, more of your text messages. 512 447 3776 is the text line. 512 447 3776 is the text line. The poll of the day who should be the coach in Dallas next season? You can say Mike McCarthy. But there's a lot of other names, and there's some good coaches that don't have jobs right now. There's another one who's probably going to lose today, may be available in a trade. I don't think he's getting fired, but it may be available in a trade. So let us know on that, 512-447-3776. Who should be the coach of the Cowboys next season? Uh, some other pieces of news to recap our Texas football. Just to give you an update, if you missed out on the news over the weekend, Jade Barron, uh, is returning to Texas. He was the last name that was questionable to enter the draft. Uh, has not said that he was coming back to Texas. Did this weekend. Jade Barron uh, coming back to help solidify that secondary. Also helping solidify the secondary. Uh, reportedly, Dwayne Aquina is going to be coming back to uh, to Texas. He had worked with Johnny Nansen, who got hired at Texas uh, a few weeks ago or a few days ago. It all merges together now and blends together. Uh, the defensive coordinator from Arizona, he was working for him there. He's now the linebackers in Cody C at Texas. Dwayne Aquina, who had a long history at Texas, could be coming back to Texas. Reportedly is coming back to Texas, but I have not seen the official on that yet. Uh, as an analyst, to help out some young guys, including John A. Barron, maybe getting them ready for the next level, and this new guys that are coming in in the secondary uh, is great news there. Isaiah Bond, the top wide receiver target in the transfer portal from Alabama, the number one le- the receiver in receptions at Alabama last season, hit hit the portal right after the Nick Saban news, uh, and he is now 
uh, headed to Texas to solidify that wide receiver core with Matthew Golden transferring in, and then you add in uh, uh, Cook and some other players. This wide receiver core, they are reloading with Quinn Ewers coming back as well. Uh, They are talking to Jabbar Muhammad as well, the defensive back out of Washington, who is in the transfer portal, cousin of Manny Muhammad, Link Muhammad, who is – Another DB for Texas, standout freshman DB for Texas. That is all in the news. Uh, And with the news of Jed Fish, the Arizona coach heading to Washington to replace Kalen DeBoer, that now means that they are looking for a head coach. One of the names coming up, at least from the players, is Johnny Nansen, the guy we just talked about, the D.C. from Arizona who came to Texas. His name is now in the running for the head coach, at least the players believe so. So that'll be a question to figure out if Texas can keep him. Or if he or if Arizona tries to hire him back, it does hire him back. Uh, what will Texas do with the linebacker position uh, after losing Bo Davis? That would be a big blow on the defense and co-defensive coordinator, all of that. But we will see uh, what happens with that as that continues to unfold. And if he does not take that job, do the players that are putting out the hashtag hire Nansen, do they maybe enter the portal and maybe look over here? Uh, they have some good players on that roster that could be a help to Texas. Jacob Manu, linebacker, led the team in tackles. Takario Dawson, Takario Davis, sorry, defensive back, 15 pass deflections, one of the better defensive backs. They have some safeties. They got some linebackers. I don't know if they had the D-line help that you'd like to have. I don't know if they had the big guys down there, but some good players and, you know, maybe none of them are in the portal. I'm not, I'm not advocating for everyone to jump in the portal every time. I, I mean, I, I appreciate the guys who stayed at Texas, so I, I, uh, I'm not advocating that. However, if they do, might have a home here. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, give you an update in the Steelers and the Bills game. The Bills are up 21-7, to have pretty much dominated this game, but Pittsburgh does get on the board at the end of the half to make it 21-7 at halftime in that game. Uh, at least making, you know, giving the Bills, making them have to come out in the second half and, and try and put up some scores and, and all of that. So we'll we'll – Get into more of that as we go on. I uh, do want to talk some basketball with you over the weekend. Texas does lose to West Virginia, 76 to 73, and it's a road game, but that is no excuse to lose to a West Virginia team that is just not very good this year. They didn't play well in this game either, and they still beat Texas. They had some players that played better, but they are guys that shouldn't have, you know, been able to come up and beat up on you, like Summonick shouldn't have been able to come up and beat up on you. But he did. But it was not a great game. Not a great game for Texas against West Virginia. This is a West Virginia team with Bob Huggins' uh, retirement where he resigned and said he didn't. That a lot of guys hit the transfer portal. A lot of guys left this team. Uh, they really have had to rebuild quickly. Did not get the best players. Uh, and they have some decent. It's not like they're not a competitive team, but they should not have been in Texas even on the road. Uh, you can look at some of these numbers that they shot in the first half, and they shot better in the second half, the uh, Texas did, even though they played worse in the second half. Uh, they were shooting 30% from three. Uh was just not a good first half. Caden Shedrick was not really a factor, only played about three and a half minutes in this game, uh, put up one shot, gets picks up two fouls, though. They just fouled him nonstop. And I get, you know, as much as we got worried about the Big 12 officials screwing Texas during the football season, I think that's something to be watching during the basketball season. I don't expect it to be this way, but it's so far in Big 12 play, Texas has picked up fouls at an alarming rate, and I don't always agree with the calls. I know everyone's just kind of running into them at this point, 
and Texas players are playing so far back uh, near the basket that they're just basically running right at him and getting the foul calls. Uh, it's brutal. West Virginia shot 41 free throws in the game. You can't allow a team to shoot 41 free throws. Texas shoots 22, so it's not like they weren't getting to line, or 21, sorry. So it's not like they weren't getting there, but, you know, they shot almost double the amount of free throws you shot at 21. That's a crazy number. You can't allow that. And then you turn the ball over 22 times in the game as well. You only have seven assists in the game. IT Horton has not played well in a couple weeks now. Brock Cunningham hasn't hit a shot in Big 12 play. He's at free throws, but not a, a field goal in Big 12 play. Dylan DeSue has a decent game, 18 points. Max Aismas puts up 32. And I get without Max Aismas, you're not in the game, but a lot of these were garbage minute, like at the end of the game. They're not garbage time because technically you got back into the game, but they were, you know, just shooting threes. The, the offense looked just terrible, just terrible in this game. And it's. It was it was disappointing. It was disappointing to watch because they were never in place. They were never they never felt like they got going. And yeah, the shooting was really bad in the first half. So they kind of just kept giving it to Max Aismas and letting him go do it. But this was a team of hand a guy a ball and let him go make plays. Texas is not a super talented team like that where they have enough guys where they have two or three one and done players where they can go out or guys that are at that that level. Max Aismas is good, but Max Aismas is still going to do that on nine of seventeen. He's, you know, just decent. 7-13 from three. Again, a lot of those were late in the game. But you need to get those guys to get everyone involved, to get more support from everybody involved. You lose a battle of the bench 25-9. to You can't have that. You can't have it to where your bench is completely, you know, invalidated. That, you know, Zirko Inma and Kendall Weaver are – trying to, you know, get up a couple points, but IT Horton does nothing for you. You know, I think Shedrick, you know, once he gets healthy, maybe you have to shut him down for a couple weeks or whatever to get him back to where he can get in the game. I don't know why he was, you know, if he's not ready to go out there, if he's going to continue to get hurt, you can't keep putting him in there. But he needs to be able to get in there and play some time with Dylan DeSue, and those guys need to be in the starting lineup. I I like Brock Cunningham, but at this point, you know, you're diminishing returns. People are getting used to playing him, and I think using him off the bench as energy and getting that second unit a little bit better would be better used for Brock Cunningham at this point. I know you can't. There's no one else to put in there. I'm not saying start Yinma because I like him off the bench too, but I'm saying Caden Shedrick needs to be that guy eventually. But 22 turnovers to start off with is just, you can't do that. That's Texas when they're not trying to find an offense is dribbling into trouble and then throwing the ball away because they dribble into trouble. And then... 28 fouls, man. 28 fouls. At what point do you start trying to change up what you're doing on the court? And I, I get people can go on Rodney Terry. I don't, I'm not a Rodney Terry hater. I think Rodney Terry's a heck of a coach. Uh, I think that this is one where Texas is continuing to believe that things are going to work out in their favor, and they're not. They're not The way they're playing defense, they're not getting calls, whether that is because you know they're, they, people don't like the way they're playing or whether it's you know, it's something that's more nefarious. Uh, I I think you have to start changing it up and trying to find better ways to play defense, to play, to let guys get to the rim a little bit more. I know you want to be a tougher team and get in there and bump around inside, but if they're just going to keep running into you in the post with big guys and get, keep getting those calls, you have to do more. Dylan DeSue started to do it a little bit better in the end of the game. When he get bumped, he pulled the chair out. But, I mean, there's not a lot you can learn from this game. 
because everything about it you played poorly. So there's not a lot where you can walk out at the end of the day and say, well, you know, it was bad, but no, no, it was bad. That's it. So what you can learn from this game is you can never come out and put up that kind of performance ever again. And I and I, I won't put it on Max Aismas. I won't put it on Dylan DeSue. Dylan Mitchell, he's got to figure out where they're using him. They're putting him out on the three-point line, and guys are playing six, seven feet off him now. Take the three. We know you can hit it. I mean, you haven't shot it well in games, but he shot. He, he won't shoot it. You have to start shooting and hitting that shot if you're Dylan Mitchell because it's taking away every other part. You have to be able to hit that shot or at least take it. There's just a lot of things after watching that game. That was disappointing, to say the least, for Texas basketball. Uh, they have a game coming up on Wednesday versus a UCF team at home that they need to turn some things around and start playing better. But this is team basketball. If you're relying on Max A. Smith and Dylan DeSue to put up 40 a game, 50 a game, they put up, what, 60 points in this game? 50 points in this game? 50 points for A. Smith and, and Dylan DeSue? 50 out of your 73 with two players? You can't, you can't rely on that. You need to be able to have at least 30 to 40 coming off the rest of your team, and Texas needs to find a way to do that. But that will be continued growth. You know it's early. This is a Texas team that grew a lot last season, so we'll see if they continue to grow in this one. Uh, Elsewhere in the Big 12, uh, Kansas was able to handle Oklahoma. Oklahoma starting to show some weakness after getting into Big 12 play. Uh, Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson, puts up 24 points and 14 rebounds for Kansas. Kansas beats Oklahoma 78-66. Uh, Baylor gets a win over Cincinnati, uh, 72-59. They held Baylor to 5 for 20 from 3. They did some good things pretty well against Baylor, but uh, Baylor just too experienced at the end of the day to get over Cincinnati. Texas Tech pulls out a win against Kansas State. They were down 9 with 4.30 left. It looked like K-State had pretty much had control most of the game, but Texas Tech just is able to get it done at the end of the season. That is a team with a lot of heart and a lot of intensity. Uh, they're able to get another win and stay undefeated in Big 12 play. And Houston gets another loss against TCU, 68-67. to uh, TCU shot threes extremely well, 53%. They shot a lot of free throws as well. Uh, they move on and, uh, and knock Houston down, where Houston is not necessarily looking like the power they've been the last few years. All right, text line's open, 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Uh, I see a text says, I saw a post online talking about how the Texans have more playoff wins since their inception than the Cowboys. A lot of Cowboys fans under 35 immediately started saying, oh, well, the Texans don't have any Super Bowls. My question is for you, if you cannot remember the Super Bowl win for your team, can you really even brag about it? Yeah, you can because sports are stupid and you can do that. But <laughs> you you can say, yeah, the Cowboys historically because Steelers fans will talk about games before them and, and everybody will. I mean, you can say, well, since the Texans have been founded, you guys have sucked too. We've been better than you uh, since we since both teams existed. The Texans are a better team historically, but they've also had some lower lows in the Cowboys, which goes into the entire problem of the Cowboys. The Cowboys sit in the middle because they never go all in, and if you go all in, there's a peak and a valley. They don't want that. They want to remain in the black the entire time. They want to remain. Uh, a solid team that's competitive. That's what they want to do. And if they're going to do that, it's going to cost them. And it's going to cost them by not having another running back in there that could be able to pace the game as the Packers are dominating you and, and stopping you getting over the top and make them change where their resources are. It's going to stop you from going out and getting another linebacker when you need some more linebacker help or 
changing up and getting more defensive minds and it's going to it's going to hurt you from, you know, letting coaches have ease of letting a Mike McCarthy bring in all his friends and not bring in a bunch of, you know, dissenting opinions that maybe make you think differently. Those are the types of things you don't get where in Houston, they've had to have a lot of change and a lot of growth because of what uh, they've done in the bad times in there. Phil the Thrill says, time to clean house in Dallas. Game was never in doubt. Worst playoff game, playoff loss in Cowboy history. Even Tom Landry is rolling over in his grave. No, Green Bay has won more playoff games at AT&T Stadium than the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, and a Super Bowl. Yeah, so they, they I, I don't know if it's clean house because in the NFL today, it's very hard to completely clean house. But I'll say, you let Dan Quinn take another head coaching job, that's fine at this point. You may need to move on from that. I like Dan Quinn, but he's clearly got his tells, and when he gets beat, he gets beat bad. Like, there is no middle ground for Dan Quinn. He's either the best DC in the game, or he is by far the worst. And I look, I've never been a huge Mike McCarthy fan. I didn't ever think that he was going to be a guy to get you to that point. Uh, so I, I'm fine with getting rid of him. And we just talked about it, Chan. Are you concerned uh, about Texas men's basketball? Uh, concerned, I'll say I'm concerned. I'm not in panic mode at all right now about Texas men's basketball, but concern definitely feels like a a valid thing because there is a point of it where, you know, you see trends that guys like IT Horton not being able to play at a higher level, that he is continuing to not grow. That's an issue that you're more concerned about. The fact that Shedrick cannot seem to stay on the court right now. That's something you worry about a little bit more. Is that injury? Is he not going to be able to ever get into the place where you need him to be? There are some concerns there, but I'm definitely not in panic mode yet because I think they can turn it around and finish strong in the season. Uh, but you definitely want to see them come out against UCF and, and you know you want to see the, the, the fight in this team that they're not going to let it go. You want to be able to see Dylan DeSue and Tyrese Hunter take leadership. Tyrese Hunter did not have a good game at all there and kind of disappeared in that game against uh, West Virginia too. You want us to be able to see those guys step up and take leadership. Uh, Some quick notes uh, from the NBA. A lot of games happening today. They do a lot for MLK Day, celebrating MLK Day. Uh, The NBA definitely tries to make this a day about them. I'm sure they were not thrilled that there was two uh, two NFL games today. Uh, we did see an early game. The Rockets lose to the 76ers, 124-115. to 115. Embiid puts up 41 points in that game. Uh, Spurs fought back against Atlanta being, by being behind very badly, down 35 at one point in this game. They lose by nine or lose by 10, 99-109 to one, uh, 109 is the score in uh, Atlanta as they win. win Victor Wembanyama puts up 26 points all in the second half, but Trey Young, uh, has a great performance, 36 points, 6 rebounds, 13 assists for Trey Young. Uh, no Luka Doncic for the Mavs today, and they still pull out a victory against the Pelicans. So a good victory there for the Dallas Mavericks against the Pelicans. Uh, without Luka Doncic, Dallas wins 125-120 to 120 in that game. We get a box score as I pull it up on my phone, and we will get those so many scores. Uh, Zion Williamson goes off for 30 points in that game. Tim Hardaway Jr., 41. Kyrie Irving, 42. A monster effort by those two guys that are trying to step up with the absence of Luka Doncic. Both those guys play better without Luka. I know it's not playing better. They just score a lot more points because Luka does not have the ball. He's a huge uh, usage rate. Uh, Those guys combined for 83. Tim Hardaway Jr. and Kyrie Irving as the Mavs get a win uh, against the Pelicans. Uh, Also of note, 
Draymond Green expected to finally make his return today against the Grizzlies. He is picking a poor, beat-up, sad team. Desmond Bain now out. Expect to be reevaluated in six weeks. Uh, Marcus Smart is out. We know John Morant is out. Darren Jackson Jr. is dealing with injuries as well. Draymond says, okay, I can come back and we get a win. It feels like it's just too storybook, but we'll see what happens there. They play. Uh, they're about to start, or they have just started uh, on TNT. Uh, the Warriors are down 12-13 to 13 in that game. Uh, right now, I'll see if uh, if I can pull up and see if uh, Draymond has entered the game yet on a Draymond watch. Also tonight, uh, game Thunder versus Lakers will be an interesting one to see if this upstart Thunder can handle their business against the Lakers or if the Lakers are able to come back. Lakers under 500 right now. Uh, not looking good. See if they're going to get busier uh, on the trade market. Draymond Green has checked in, so Draymond Green is returning today against the Grizzlies. He's played one minute, and I have not seen a tweet or a notification that he's been ejected. So we, we got that going for us. We come back, we're going to put on uh, some sound from Ian Robbie talking about the NFL playoffs, a little recap there from Ian Robbie. We come back here, text line still open, 512-447-3776. Who do you think should be the coach of the Cowboys tomorrow? Let us know. Uh, on the Sports Complex here on the Horn 1019 until 60, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons, only on the Horn. Dedicate one to the ladies. Summertime, sit back, need something to keep you cool. I now summertime, sit back, need something to keep you cool. Better look out now, though. Dave's got something for you. Tell you what it is. I'm your ice cream man, stop me when I'm passing by. Oh my, my, I'm your ice cream man, stop me when I'm passing by. See, now all my flavors are guaranteed to satisfy. Hold on a second, baby. I gotta put my banana. Back on Sports Complex here on the horn. Gonna play some We'll come up with Ian Robbie this morning talking about the NFL wildcard weekend, the Texans and the Cowboys. Some takes from our boys. In a hook with Ian Rod B replay right here on the Sports Complex. All right, let's talk about the uh, Texans win and the Cowboys disappointing loss. Uh, we've talked about this before, and I've said it, you know, uh, over the last few years. Uh, whether you're talking about the Longhorns or whether you're talking about the NFL teams, you want to win a big game in football. You got to break tendency at the right time. Teams are so dialed in into your trends and the patterns and your habits as a team, as a play caller, especially at the end of the season when you have so much sample size um, and the data scientists that every team has uh, in their uh, on their staffs now. They have people that can figure out exactly what your trends are, patterns are, and different uh, combinations of concepts that you're going to use based on formation, based on personnel grouping, based on down distance circumstance. I mean, it is crazy how detailed it is these days. And you hear me giving some of those numbers and sharing those things with you. Imagine like, you know, 15 Rod B's is in a room figuring out that kind of stuff. That's what NFL teams have at their disposal. That's why you got to break tendency at the right time. And just the smallest uh, tendency breaker, whether it be a concept or with the scheme or this, the way you use personnel can really change the game and really flip the script for you as a team. The Texans, they, I think they did a, a few things that were considered tendency breakers, in my opinion. Let's start with D'Amico Ryans. And um, he mentioned this earlier, but Next Gen Stats has the, uh, the breakdown of it. And you got to give 
uh, my man D'Amico Ryan's a lot of credit. Now, first time, well, not first time, the last time prior to this playoff uh, matchup that the Texans played the Browns, Amari Cooper went off for 265 yards, two touchdowns, set a franchise record. Remember I told you guys, on Friday, I say he's not going to bet. He's not going to go off like that. All right? If you want to bet some money on Amari uh, Cooper's numbers, bet the under, get a chance. D'Amico Ryan's is going to have a plan to take Amari Cooper away. You just can't. There's no way I would respect D'Amico Ryan's as a defensive mind if you allow a receiver to have a 265 yards receiving in one game, and then the very next time you play him, you allow him to go off again for even 100 yards. So I told you to take the under on whatever the stats were for Amari Cooper. I just didn't know the strategy that would be deployed by D'Amico Ryans. And turns out it was a simple one, Derek Stingley. Now, Derek Stingley did not shadow in coverage. And shadow means follow a receiver around everywhere they go on the football field. He did not shadow a player in coverage in a game during the regular season at all. So not one time, not one game, they decided to shadow Stingley with a top receiver or any receiver during the regular season. And he only aligned on the right side as a right cornerback on just three snaps. In the, in the first half alone, just in the first half, he was a right cornerback on 14 snaps. So he had only aligned the right cornerback three times. He was already aligned there 14 times in the first half. If you're the Browns, you're building a game plan on, all right, this guy does not go to the right side of the field ever. It's very rare. So we actually know we can find favorable matchups over there. Well, no, you don't. <laughs> and afford you to make an adjustment immediately. That was just in the first half, all right? Um, if you go look at all throughout the game, Derek Stingley aligned across from Amari Cooper 35 of 42 snaps. That's 83% shadow rate um, before the Texans basically were done and sent in the backups. He allowed just one reception for negative six yards on three targets as the nearest defender. Um, and if you go look at week 16, last time they played him when Amari Cooper went off, um, he uh, targets and receptions. He had four, I think there were uh, four uh, targets. He allowed three receptions. Um, he had uh, average separation was 1.3 yards. So it wasn't bad, uh, but here it was 0.7 yards. So basically allowing him to shadow Amari Cooper when he really wasn't a shadow defender was a great way to break tendency. And by the time that the Browns could adjust, um, they had no way to adjust. I mean, it, there was nothing they really could do. Uh, the Texans had overwhelmed them. So it was a slight adjustment, but it really didn't make the difference and held Amari Cooper in check for the Texans. We also talked about the offense for the Texans and how Bobby Slowick was dialing up a really good game plan. He knew that the Browns would be in a lot of single high coverages, also knew they would play a lot of man-to-man. They were top five uh, in both uh, man-to-man rate in the NFL and in single, uh, single high rate and in cover one rate. So you know they're going to play a lot of man-to-man. You know they're going to play a lot of single high. And I thought it was a really smart move by them to use a lot of condensed and compressed sets. That's when you have all of the receivers compacted together close to the line of scrimmage. And then you can create space on the outside, space on the perimeter that way. Also forces the DBs to give you space. They can't play bump and run in that situation. They can, but then they risk getting rubbed or getting picked. So most of them will give you space and they will pass off routes pass off receivers in coverage, well, that gives the receivers a free release. Creating space on the outside with a free release, and that does, it does a lot of different things to counter 
man-to-man because it gives the receivers uh, just a free release off the line of scrimmage. Um, that helps the timing of the routes. And then you're creating space on the outside from the condensed and the compressed sets, and that's going to allow the receivers to win the leverage battle because then you know the leverage most of the time of the DBs. They're going to be a lot of times – almost forced to try to be outside leverage. And if they're inside leverage, oh, you win again because you, you, basically the entire a third of the field is open because they're allowing you to have a third of the field on the outside. You create that space. But if they're outside, also it allows you as a receiver, especially if you have a deep crossing routes, it allows you to get to the other side of the formation quicker because you're in a condensed compressed set. You're already halfway there. Instead of coming from a slot or coming from the number one receiver side, uh, spot, we've got to come all the way across the field. So they're, they're minor little tweaks. And I'll go back and try to check how often Texas, the Texans run these types of formations. And they run them some, but I saw probably more uh, in this game that I've seen from Bobby Slowick in any game that I've watched so far this season, or as many as I've seen in any game I've watched this season. Peter King had this quote. He had the coach of the week honors. He gives it out in his Monday uh, morning quarterback or football morning America. I believe it's his column now, um, but with pro football talk. And he said that Bobby Sloak was his uh, coach of the week. And here's what he says about Bobby Sloak. He said, per next-gen stats, eight of C.J. Strauss' 21 passes were targeted to receivers who had at least five yards of separation from the nearest defender. So we talked about these guys were running wide open. They certainly were. <laughs> and all they needed was see they, they were schemed up wide window throws and made life really easy on a young quarterback who had struggled as i told you guys all season long throwing against man coverage well if i scheme up wider window throws um with a lot of separation that's on, that's the only tough thing about throwing against man the tight windows they're, they're tighter windows to throw to uh throw through and this time he made those wide windows so give bobby slower credit and i thought a lot of that was him breaking tendency also at the at the right time and I said this earlier about C.J. Stroud. His, I think, part having watched you know all of his games this year, I think part of why he struggled against man coverage is, is especially when like Nico Collins was down, he didn't have receivers that could beat man coverage. He was trying to throw into super tight windows mm-hmm. and trying to fit it in, right? Because yep. you guys covered, yeah. Uh, and he's not a great receiver, uh, so I think he struggled with that. But man, when he has his full complement of receivers like he did in this game, and you have Bobby Slowick dialing up and breaking tendencies and you know misdirections to to clear one side of the field, everything you just said. We still saw how accurate he can be. But in the end of the day, they scored 45 points, and he only had to throw the ball 21 times. That's I mean, it. that's because the defense was great. And here's the thing about the Cowboys, the Texans moving forward. I know we're talking about the Cowboys this morning. At the end of the day, and we talked about this all year, Rod, the, the, the Cowboys went 12-5, and five, Cow- the Texans went 10-7. and seven. Texans lost a game like to Carolina that they shouldn't have lost. They lost some games as a young team that they had no business losing. The Texans actually beat better teams this year. I mean, they beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati before Joe Burrow got hurt. They beat Pittsburgh like a drum. They beat uh, Jacksonville when back when Jacksonville was still playing good football at 37-17. Uh, they beat Denver when Denver came in, and Denver was the hottest team in football, and they beat them. Mm. Uh, they've beaten – so the point being, they're not afraid of anybody. Uh, it's meaning moving forward, whether they play Baltimore in Baltimore or Kansas City in Kansas City, they're going to bring a good game. Now, this team – that's another thing where D'Amico Ryans, I think, because it, this team believes they can play with anybody. They don't that. Whereas the Cowboys, the best team the Cowboys beat all year, were so what, Detroit. Detroit. They beat the Rams. Beat Philly. So they beat three playoff teams. And they beat. But unlike, because again, I'm not going to parse parse the numbers. But at the end, when they played the Rams, the Rams were terrible. That was at the beginning of yes, the year. That was true. And, and the Eagles were spiraling. And the and the Eagles were in the, the beginning of their spiral, their mm-hmm. their disintegration. Yeah. And the Lions game was controversial because you know if the two point conversion is allowed, they lose. So. 
and the Texans played Cincinnati in Cincy when they were hot. Mm-hmm. They had won like four or five in a row, and Joe Burrow was just getting healthy, and they beat them. Uh, beat Pittsburgh way back. They beat, as I said, uh, that Denver team when Denver was you know, showing you know yeah, signs I think of life. They won like five in a row or something like that. They had so, and then you know, then they went and played the Jets, and C.J. Stroud got hurt, and you know, Will Anderson got hurt in that game, and Nico Collins got hurt, and then they kind of tumbled a little bit there near the end of the year. But they they righted the ship, beat Tennessee and Indianapolis down the road, uh, and so I just there's a, there's a confidence in this team that I don't see in the Cowboys against good teams. They don't fear. They're not going to fear Kansas City if they go into Kansas City. No. They, may not, they may not beat them, but they will not fear that team. They really won't. And C.J. Stroud will – there's, there's just a, there's a toughness to that team that I, I – mean, even go back and – you know what's amazing? I'll find this quote this week especially because I think they're going to end up playing Baltimore in Baltimore. And maybe you'll find them the better. team they played to start the season. Yeah, but if you go – John Harbaugh, after they won the game 25-9, to John Harbaugh said that's the team that's going to win a lot of games this year. You guys don't believe it. You watch. That's a team that's going to win some games this year. That's a better team than you think they are. And he was spot on because there's something about him. And I remember watching that game thinking, wow, this team's better than I thought. They lost 25-9, to but it kind of got out of hand at the end and the touchdown was added. Um, but, man, there was just there's something. That, and this goes to culture and D'Amico Ryans. It's what Dan Campbell's, you know, brought to the, to the, to the, to the Lions. They believe. Mm-hmm. There's a belief rod. That they can win, and and D'Amico Ryan's and uh, and this Texans team, they have it. I don't know that they can win their next game, but man, they're gonna they're gonna give a fight. They'll give a fight, and the, you just went through with Bobby Slowick and your rant. They'll have a good game plan. They will. They'll be well coached. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's something about right now C.J. Stroud and the way he's playing that's inspiring this group. Like he's uplifting the play of others around him. There are guys that are playing above their skill set. They're outperforming their contracts, right, and outperforming their evaluations. And um, I think it's like you said, it's because they believe, and part of what they believe in is not only D'Amico Ryans, but it's also this young QB. Um, last three games, this guy, since coming back from his concussion, 76% completion percentage, <laughs> 75.9. I guess you can run rounding up. Um, now the record for a full season is 74.4. Uh, touchdown interception ratio, 6 to 0. Passer rating of 130.3 which is out of this world. And his yards per attempt is 9.5, which is basically a first down every time he attempts a pass. <laughs> I mean, this dude is uh, – well, in the last three games, he's playing out of his mind. Well, a couple things happened for the Texans, and we'll talk about them all week long. We'll know today after, you know, about 6 o'clock tonight who they're going to play. It's either going to be at Baltimore or at Kansas City at 3.30 on Saturday. You know, I always talk about that Carolina game that they lost coming out of the bye week, 15-13. That was the last game this year where Damian Pierce got more carries than Devin Singletary. I yeah. believe. I believe after that game, the coaching staff kind of gave up on Damian Pierce being a good fit for what they're doing, and they went to Singletary, and he's been great. We yeah. had the stat during the game that in the last eight weeks, he's the, he's the third leading rusher in the NFL behind Christian McCaffrey and uh, I can't remember who the other one was, but it was somebody really good. Maybe Raheem Mostert in Miami. I mean, third leading rusher in the league. That's crazy. Uh, uh, and he's been great. He's given some balance to their offense. And they've gotten healthy on their offensive line. Let's mention that, too. Healthier up front. So, yeah, they'll, they'll look. I mean, in Kansas City, you know, they'll, they'll beat themselves sometimes. They beat Miami, but that was not much of a Miami effort. Uh, so, man, if the Houston can get Kansas City. So, if you're a Texans fan, you're probably rooting for Pittsburgh today. Because if Pittsburgh are to win, they'd go to Baltimore for an AFC North clash. You'd go to Kansas City to play the Chiefs. It's amazing that because Damian Pierce has such a great rookie year. I know. And it was 
almost, you know, crowned, considered the heir apparent to start running back for the Texans. But I like that they, you know, that was a new offense. They're running the Shanahan offense, which is a zone blocking scheme. And there's some running backs that are better at running power schemes. Yep. Some running backs are better at gap schemes and zone blocking schemes. So I just think he's better at the zone blocking scheme. And maybe uh, Damian Pierce is more of a, 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 a gap you know, counter gap power kind of counter yeah. guy instead of the zone blocking scheme, and it works. You're yeah. right, because Zeman Singletary, and he runs hard. He, I mean, run, when he, he runs through some people. He runs through some people. He breaks tackles at the second level. It's not only that he's a one-cut runner, but once he gets to the second level, man, he breaks tackles. So he I can does. see why they're saying, you know what, we can't afford to waste downs giving the ball to Pierce just so he can get in a groove when this guy is being productive. Yeah, now you're second and long, right, because he's yeah. just stop for no gain. Uh, and that, yeah, there were some runs, and we mentioned mm-hmm. Ouso Koromo for the Browns, their overly aggressive linebacker who's really good. But he had some of those jump cuts where he would press the hole and keep Koromo in the hole mm-hmm. and bounce it to the outside and yep. beat Boom. into the corner. Yeah, yep. It was nice. Really impressive. Really, And obviously if you got Laramie Tunsil plowing the way at left tackle, which they did, helps clear that hole. So there's lots to like about where Houston is. And I don't, you know, Baltimore, we'll see. But, but if they're playing Kansas City, I think they've got a puncher's chance in that game. I, I, was, I mean, I'm going to pick. The, the you know Patrick Mahomes best quarterback of our general of this era, but at the same time, they're they're not a perfect team in in Kansas City. We know that. Yeah. Uh, and Houston's playing some good football. They've got some good wins under their belt, and that just gives you the the ceiling of the future of this franchise. Because we've told you now that you've seen, if you maybe you watched them on Saturday and went, wow, forty five fourteen, they're really good. Well, they have the third most cap space in the league. Mm-hmm. They've got by beating the Browns, they're now they're now draft pick is the Browns pick, which means it's higher than their own pick in the NFL draft. And they've got draft capital, to, and they've got um, yep. you know this good young roster. They so five year window, lots so of like it's wide the, open, and it's not to rub it into the Cowboys, but it's the exact opposite of the Cowboys. The Cowboys window was this year. They now have a ton of free agents, including Ty, Ty, you know, Tyron Smith and Tony Pollard and um, Tyler Biotis, your starting center. All these guys. J. Ron Curse and uh, Stephon Gilmore, and they've got to sign CD and, and Micah and Dak. I don't, I don't know how they're going to do all this, um, and they're going to lose some good coaches, and they're going to lose. They're going to have to cut some guys loose. Yeah, you, you're 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 concerned if you're the Cowboys about where they are. Texans, meanwhile, on this ascent with a rookie quarterback and a pretty talented football team and a really good young coach. Uh, the most remarkable uh, stat I think still from that Cowboys uh, debacle was that Michael Parsons, for the second game in a row against the Packers, only had one pressure. Oh. Only had, well, he had one pressure when they played him last season, too, and this season, one pressure. That is the lowest pressure rate in a game in his career. That is great game planning. They used a balanced play calling. They used up-tempo, pace as well, and different personnel groupings and formational versatility to essentially – remove the threat of Dak Prescott <laughs> of, and of, move the pocket of Michael, a little bit. Of Michael Parsons. Like, he wasn't even a threat yeah, against him. You're right about that. Well said. And, yeah, the Cowboys didn't seem like much of a threat at all in mm-hmm. that game in any phase. But uh, very disappointing. Who would have thought? Uh, 45-14 Houston, 48-32 Green Bay. That's why we play the game. Good stuff there from Hook'em Up with E and Rod B. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on the Horn. All right, we're going to take our last break. We can come back, wrap the show up. Uh, give you another update here on Pittsburgh and Buffalo. If you're a Texans fan, you're kind of rooting for Pittsburgh. Unless you don't want to meet KC. If, if Pittsburgh wins, Texas goes on, goes to Kansas City next week to take on the Chiefs. If if Buffalo holds on and wins, then uh, the Texans would be going to Baltimore. So that is what you're watching. If you're a Texans fan, 
Uh, but we'll get to that. Any more texts you want to send in? Any more takes? Anybody wants to say who the next coach of the Cowboys should be? 512-447-3776 is the text line. We're going to come back, wrap things up here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the Horn. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, appreciate everyone who did tune in today. I know the roads are the roads are iffy in some places, okay in others, but iffy in some places. They're telling you to stay home, and if you can't stay home, why wouldn't you? Uh, but anybody who was off today, uh, celebrating MLK Day, a good day to celebrate. So uh, uh, we enjoy it. We appreciate those of you who did tune in. We'll come back tomorrow, break down some more. We'll have a little bit more time in between. The Cowboys loss and the season ending for the Cowboys and what that means and what we're moving forward. Maybe some more clarity on what will be happening with the Arizona head coaching search as well. All of that uh, on the show tomorrow. Update before we get off of here. Buffalo just hit a field goal. is up 24-10 to against the Steelers. We'll talk about it tomorrow on the Sports Complex. But until then, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean. We'll see you right back here tomorrow for more from the Sports Complex.